when I work with people, Troy, and they're thriving, there's this humility that comes, and they know it's not them. They know it's Jesus. They're like, man, I'm not this smart. I am not this righteous and godly, and I'm bearing the fruit I was born to make. There's an ease on it. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents he's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. So today on The Kindling Fire, I have a really old friend of mine. Not that he's really old, but we've been friends for a little bit. And this is a a guy named, a pastor actually, named Tom Camacho. Thank you for coming on. My my pleasure, privilege. This is so fun. I'm thrilled to be here. So uh, Tom and I ran with each other um, back in my 20s when uh, before I was married uh, in some ministry settings. And all these years later, yes, many, many years later, God is still faithful. And it's so fun to have you on and get to talk about your new book. It's a it's a joy. I love it. So you've got a new book out called Mining for Gold with InterVarsity Press, which is just awesome, by the way. I mean, InterVarsity yes. is what a great publisher. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just uh, am, am enjoying the ride. Even the story of writing it is a fun story that I'd love to tell. But uh, I, I think I always dreamed I might do this, and now I'm, I'm living it. So um, I'm, I'm got my seat buckled and it's really fun Troy to tell the story because I don't I'm not really that special I think God just he uses our stuff and any one of us could do what I'm doing yeah yeah well it's uh, so you live in Asheville North Carolina and not only are you an author and a by the way he's got a podcast called mining for gold you got to go check that out but you're also a pastor tell us a little bit about that history yeah, I, you know, when I knew you, I, I think I was on the staff of a vineyard church in Wilmington, and and I have continued to be in pastoral ministry on and off for the past 20, 25 years, and um, and so I've done different different things, uh, being bivocational and taught in schools and run Christian schools and did things, but. I was called there in Wilmington, and I continue to shepherd a local church, which really is the heartbeat of discipling. And so I've never gotten out of that. Don't know how long I'll always be there. But I pastor Blue Ridge Vineyard Church in Asheville that Beth and I planted in 2010. And we love our people, and we're faithfully uh, uh, reaching out and raising up disciples. So let me ask your first question, which is, what was the impetus? Why did you... Why did you go after this book? What what prompted it? Uh, well, it, it's it's one of those great stories because it, it really found me. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll cut right to it. Someone asked me to be a coach and um, a, a leadership coach, and I said, "Hmm, well, I guess I'll go try that." And I was out in Salt Lake City, Utah, at, at this training, and so I was back in ministry. I the Lord had healed me of a lot of things, and and I felt really great. Church was going well. 
And when I stepped in this coaching thing, Troy, it was like Handel's Messiah, you know. <laughs> I was I had come home, I heard I was seeing and feeling something that just was absolutely me. And so I loved it. And then when what happened was the um, the teachers were teaching and this this concept hit me. They were talking about how coaching helps leaders get clarity. And that that whole thought just went, man, if there's anything I've lacked, if anything that's caused me to struggle is I didn't even know who I was, what the real goal was, what my gifts were, and everything felt muddy to me. So I just tucked that away, started coaching, loved coaching, and eventually, because I was good at it, became the national coordinator of coaching for Vineyard USA, all across the United States. Cool. So I, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm into it. I'm loving it. And that, that little thought never went away. And then we did it in the in England, and that's where this thing took off. I did it. I was doing some coach training and certifying some coaches over there. And and I did this workshop, which is we call it empowering leadership, and it's a, it's about the marriage of coaching and leadership. It's putting the principles of coaching into your everyday practice of leadership. Well, that thing, Troy just was like a lightning bolt it took off over there in england and we've done it over there now oh i don't know how many times i'm getting ready to go back for another trip to do it well in that um trying to make this brief a one of the leaders that i encountered there who was really struggling was in london his name is jason he's a vineyard pastor i started to work with him and and help him with the principles that i wrote in the book and he came alive. He was a seminary professor. He was a very gifted pastor, but he didn't he didn't have any clarity of who he was. He just did whatever somebody he thought somebody wanted him to do. And I said, which is I think a uh, uh, that's an occupational hazard for pastors. Totally. Yeah. It is. And and I said I'd make statements like, "Yeah, but that's not really you." And he'd look at me funny and he'd say, "What do you and, I, and, he, and he flew to the United States to spend three days with me after I'd worked with him in England. And during that, that three days, I, I mean, God really fell on him. The Holy Spirit met him. We, we, we mined for the gold in him. And it was like that he was a transformed leader when he went back. So the next time I went to England, he said, I want you to meet somebody. And you've got to capture what you did with me because there's a million Jasons out there who need this, Tom. Mm. And literally, he introduced me to the head of publishing for InterVarsity. I met him at a coffee shop, and I said, hey, uh, this is what I do. (laughs) He goes, hey, coaching is catching fire. It's the next wave of leadership development. We want it. And they they bought the rights to my book, contracted me to write it. I wrote it in 2018, came out um, in June in the U.K. and August in the United States, and literally, it is going around the world. I'm not exaggerating. It is going around the world. So I would say, Troy, this this is something I didn't do, and I'm just hanging on for the ride. Yeah, that man, I love that story because you're. That's a uh, direct uh, implication of be faith with little. That's it. Be faith with little, and I will, I will entrust you with more. That's it. And you were faithful with Jason. You were faithful with just pouring in what you had. And he's like, hey, I have a friend of mine you might want to meet. It was so amazing, so easy. And 
when people would say you're writing for InterVarsity, dude, that's like you know John Stott and yeah, yeah, he's then J.I. Packer, no, and like, yeah, I don't know how it happened, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I just <laughs> like what I have, but yeah, you know, I think I, a lot of people come up to me, Troy, and said I have a book in me, Tom, and I would say to him, you do, but I would say a lot of us don't get the opportunity to have a great editorial staff somebody really pushes you to get the best out like a iv wood or a yeah. zondervan or that so i'm i'm really a fan of people writing and um this this has changed my life troy yeah no way to put it. so so let's get into uh so that that's awesome so mining for goals some of the um what did you one of the things that was really interesting when you shared on your podcast was about the grace gifts yeah yeah, and, and and it sounded like was that the workshop you were referring to? The grace was that a different thing? Yeah, that was that was heavily in there. So Romans twelve four through eight is sort of how would I put it? it? It's a pretty driving force for me when I try to mine for gold because cheap God through Paul said there's seven motivational gifts in people. Um, they're prophet servant, teacher, exhorter, giver, ruler, and mercy. Um, and and, and, and they, they're out there. You can see them. They're consistent in Scripture. And so, yeah, the workshop talked about that. But then it, it's got other nuances. But that, that was sort of at the center. And then um, that's actually what helped Jason the most. He mm. was trying to operate in a redemptive gift of teaching because he was an re- academic, high, Ph.D.-type guy. But his redemptive gift was, was profit. And when I, when I said, you know, I understand that you're very educated and all that, but that's not who you are. It's not the design you were given from the Holy Spirit and from the Father. That's what drives mining for gold is design. If yeah. design matters, who you are, how you can't cheat, fight, resist, or thrive without some form of alignment with design. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so, so how would you define gold? Gold is twofold. We are gold, it says in uh, Malachi. It says, God said, I, he would sit as a refiner and I will refine the sons of Levi, which were the Levites, the, the spiritual leadership in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, like gold and silver, that they might give righteous offerings to the Lord. So God clearly uses the, 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 the imagery of gold, that people are gold, leaders in this case are gold. And then the second thing, gold in the book is, is uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. You and I carry, because we're in the new birth, the image of the creator in a, in a broken human vessel, men and women. And when people look at us redeemed and in Christ, Goal, the treasure in us is God's God's design, God's fingerprint, if you will. So it's leaders are gold, and each of us carry the image of God. That's the goal. Hmm. So I'm sure that this was not just an academic exercise for you. Not at all. Uh, what did God, how did God go after you? That's the story of the church plant I want to talk about. So when the church plant came apart. Um, I was emotionally, uh, I felt like damaged goods. I felt like a failure. I felt like an orphan. <laughs> a lot of my, you know, wound issues from childhood came up. And God began to send people 
who would look past my pain, my depression, my self-doubt, my shame, all that, and say, you know, you're not done, and here's what I see. And one by one, they just began to speak life into places in me I didn't even see in myself. And I didn't really, couldn't even tie this together until I received coaching in 2016. And, uh, um, uh, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh my gosh, people mined for the gold, the God image that I was carrying. Mm. And they, they, they drew it out. They said it. They, they, they saw it and they spoke it. And then when I went to write the book, we didn't know what we would call it. And then it made sense. God's looking for gold, and we ought to. And it's my story. Is like I felt like a, I felt like a piece of rock that had all kinds of dross around the gold that you couldn't really see. But a wise, you know, miner who knew that type of rock said, "No, there's gold right there." And um, I feel like my story, coming from a real broken place into health and then into fruitfulness, was was more it was it became a metaphor it wasn't just me every single one of us has that has a similar pattern we're not perfect we do stuff that we shouldn't we we get kicked around by life that doesn't change the goal the goal is still there whether whether we're emotionally down or people are hating us and we hate ourselves the gold in in troy mangum is there on your worst day yeah man that is so good so um man so I will bring out one point is that God through community called gold out. He did. He did. And, and I've seen that pattern in community where so many people are afraid of community because it seems to be like, yeah, they're going to point out all my my warts and my flaws that I'm already very self-aware of. So why go and expose that exactly. when in fact God, a godly community will say, no, I see God. They will. And, and it's not that you can never have a critical people who will point out flaws and feel their ministry is to be <laughs> some kind of, uh, you know, evaluator over your life. But that, that is not Paul or the New Testament's exhortation. It's to honor and to see value and to, and to, and to, and to, to, to call out. I use the, the, the whole imagery of Barnabas and, and the mm. story of him seeing Paul when the whole Jerusalem group's like, we ain't using him. My dad or uncle or my sister were taken to prison or died with that dude. He's not going to join us. So Barnabas goes, no, there's gold in him. And literally put his put his whole like reputation on the line for who we read today. We don't read Barnabas. We read Paul. Yeah. And and so he that's a metaphor for me. Barnabas would be a metaphor, Troy, for mining for gold. Yeah, so so let me ask you, what did what do you feel like you carry, um, you know, from the Lord? You know, and I'll get in, I'll, and I'll ask you twofold. What do you carry from the Lord? And that design, um, I loved when you said you can't educate it out, you can't fight it, you can't do all these things, gymnastics to be somebody else. It's like a divine imprint. Fingerprint. It's a yeah. fingerprint. Yeah. The divine imprint. Um, so what was the, the, the I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a very good host. I'll give you five questions. Question is, what did God show you about yourself? So, um, 
as I began to be coached by a professional coach, a high-level leadership coach, we did assessments. We did Myers. We did uh, Enneagram. We did uh, Myers Briggs. We did Strength Finder 2.0 and uh, and some DISC leadership tests. And he just basically showed me, held up to me, the way that I'm wired and the way that I naturally lead. And I found I love I love connecting one on one and and seeing and encouraging and calling out through coaching people's gifts. But even on top of that, I, I, I feel, I don't know, I can't explain why, but I can see golden people by the Spirit. I, even in their darkest, bro, most broken place, I just say, Lord, who are they? What, what are you doing here? And, and he like, he'll like take scales off my eyes and I can see treasure, I can see value, I can see worth i can see the fruit that be born in the future in a person in their broken state and it, it's like i can't explain it. it's like a it's like an anointing but that's what i feel like i carry and i had someone do that with me and when they said you're wired this way tom why would you try to be that over there? Why don't you just really accept a line time, work mostly in this design he's given you? And when I did that, it was like wind hit my life and ministry sails. And I am loving what I do because it was what I was what I have been designed to do. Does that make any sense? Uh, it makes total sense. So give me a so let's say there's a listener who is who is um starting on that discovery journey and they're coming to that crossroads and and they're like well i mean i love doing this but here's all the reasons i'm not going to do it how did you overcome those you know those internal like well i can't do what i really want to do <laughs> how did you overcome yeah. that um I mean, that's a, that is a fantastic question. You're a very good host. So, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you what, very much. <laughs> what's underneath that is is someone which I, which the book recognizes. I think we need helpers. We need coaches. We need mm. we need mentors. We need people in our lives who will go who will ask the tough questions of why you if you even if you recognize this is where you're gifted, you can't seem to get over to it. There's a number of reasons. Um, uh, and one is we carry these pictures of what success or ministry, ministry fruitfulness are the, are, are the favorite person we've heard on the radio or seen on YouTube or gone to a conference. And, and we, they, we take that projection on us. Let's say somebody wants to be like Andy Stanley, but you're not wired to be Andy Stanley and you don't carry that or you don't have that. We'll live these lives with someone else's script. And so I had, he had to repeatedly say to me, yeah, you could do that, but that's not who you are. And then he would say, now, what are you going to do? And I said, okay, I'm going to, the next time that comes up, which I hate and I'm terrible at, I'm going to let someone else do that. Or I'm just not even going to try to do that and let that just go off the map. And I'm going to stay in a sweet spot. I call it a sweet spot. And I'm just going to farm this little plot of ground of my sweet spot. And I'm just going to develop and work in that and work in that. It, it was little to much. Troy is faithful with that. And it has expanded 
to where I feel like it's it's bearing fruit far beyond anything I could have hoped. And and what what it really came down to is saying no in the areas that I'm terrible at and that I don't want to do. And I, I hate it. And saying yes more to what I'm called to. How how did did anybody respond negative to, negatively uh, to that change in you? Um, yes. Yeah, yes. they did. Okay. Yes, because they there are people around you who have you who draw from you certain have needs and get emotional or whatever things that they need out of you that are really you know selfishly what they want from you and when you when you throw that little thing off and go, hey, I don't really think I'm supposed to do that anymore. I really believe God's going to meet that need in your life or you don't need it, but I'm not going to do it. There is this, there's this abandonment feeling or mad or who do you think you are, all this stuff. So one of the key things I do is I create this bubble of permission around people and I go, you know what, Troy, God bless them. What they think about you really, in the great scheme of things, doesn't matter. A hill of beans. You, you and God need to sort out who you are, and he's given you permission now to be you. And that, that's not easy, especially if you have a people-pleasing, codependent kind of background. You will have a hard time saying no. Mm. So, so that's, that's almost inevitable, Troy. Someone's not going to be happy. So let so we're, we, obviously, you and I, we've been following the Lord a long time. There's a lot of... Uh, Gary V's and Tony Robbins and so many voices out in the uh, internet and etc. that you know have a certain voice right about either hustling or or yep. doing a little bit about what you're talking about, kind of saying no and being true to yourself. As a Christian, how do you navigate all that and parse through? Is this selfish, or is this? A godly move. Does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. There's only one measuring stick for that, and that is: is it rooted in agape, which is selfless love for others? I guess too. And is it build the kingdom and not me? Hmm. So, love is what we're all supposed to do. I think God loves us so much, and we are called to give our lives to Him. That. The way to keep from me, 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 and this kind of pop psychology build up the human thing, it's rooted in my life is not mine, it's God's. He created me for something. I submit that back to him. But then what he does is he uses things like pain and the cross and fire and mistakes and conflict and failure and and all of that sin to to refine goals. So the imagery is not just the mind goal. The second half of the book is on refining. What you don't hear in those places is God wants to use you to bring him glory. And what he's you bring him glory as you bear fruit in yourself for who you are. Those references are not about the king or the kingdom, and they can really be selfish with this veneer of success, and it's really all about you. Yeah. The kingdom doesn't work that way. 
God, God wants you to thrive and give him glory in that thriving. John 15, in, I, I get much glory when you bear much fruit. Yeah, that, that is so key. Like that truth, what you just described, because most people think, yeah, God needs to be glory. I need to dig a hole under the ground that I crawl into and am low, 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 low. In fact, I should just give away everything and become a worm because doesn't God give the greatest glory out of my, you know, excruciating demise? And it's like, no. No. <laughs> but no. so many Christians think that. What I do with that one, Troy, is I go, okay, let's say you're a parent. And you got a kid, and that kid, and you hear them sing when they're three years old, and they just sing like an angel. Would you say to them, never sing. Stay away from singing. Singing is prideful, and it may make people think you're a you're You would say, I think Jesus gave you that. Let's go take this to Jesus, and let's get lessons, and let's get in a little singing thing. And let's figure out what God's doing, because God gets glory from your singing. And I use I use the whole Eric Liddell movie clip, you know. Mary, Mary, when I run, I'm fast. When I run, I feel his pleasure. Man, I've worked that bad boy so bad, I've worked that metaphor into the ground. I think I love that metaphor. It I never gets old. <laughs> I think there's pleasure in Troy Mangum being Troy Mangum in joy, in humility. In excitement, in 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 in, um, in alignment and authenticity, yes, humble, but but humility is not humility is not. I'm a worm. Humility is an honest assessment. When things are going well, it's not me, and when things are going bad, it's not me. I'm just me. God loves me, and I'm gonna just live for Him and not apologize. That's humble. Whereas we do, there's an asceticism, this sense of of martyrdom, which God might kill, have me die in martyrdom, that's fine, if that's what he calls me to. But that's not good theology from the New Testament. Even Genesis 1 says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And he blessed them. So blessing, fruitfulness, thriving is is clearly biblical in God's heart. And so when I try to take someone to a parent example, you, you know you want your kids to do well. I mean, yeah. you're wired that way. Well, And God doesn't feel that way. To me, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. Man, there's... I'm so glad I have you on my show. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm is glad... my thing, man. I love it. <laughs> but I, I whole... Like, I have, I have people like you and other people on that tell stories. And the reason I have people tell stories is not so everybody can be like, well, yeah, they... If they got through it, I, I can get through too. It's like, no, you can't just get through it. You can, like, kill it. Like, you can, like, be blessed beyond measure and become a blessing beyond measure as as far as God wants you to and still be humble. Yes, you can. <laughs> in fact, in fact, in fact, it said, he says, when you, the more fruit you bear, the more glory out of that weak human condition, so, so, but you'll 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 get pushback there. I'm in I'm in theological circles with some. I spoke at Wheaton College just two two weeks ago, and you can feel that sense of if anybody pops up, everybody wants to pull everybody back down instead of celebrating as jealousy and different things. But there's even theolo- theology. Um, 
uh, Martin Luther wrestled with that extensively. Um, that is is me thriving somehow uh, godly, is, and, and hmm. it, it, or or I should live under this t- total weight of of my sinfulness. Then the gospel's not there. Then Christ didn't set us completely free. Yes, we have a treasure in an earthen vessel, and there's flesh. But when I see people, when I work with people, Troy, and they're thriving, there's this humility that comes, and they know it's not them. They know it's Jesus. They're like, man, I'm not this smart. I am not this righteous and godly, yet he loves me, and I'm bearing the fruit I was born to make. There's an ease on it. Hmm. I, I find it supernatural. You know, I, I've heard one of the greatest signs of holiness, which a lot of times people that have that kind of asceticism, it's about holiness and giving yeah. God his due and his right yeah. and where are you in that? You're not holy, yeah. so give give him everything. One of the greatest signs of holiness is joy. And one yeah. of the big things they lack is the smile, is the yeah. ease, is the yeah. joy. And it's like, you know, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Do you have it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? People... People who don't align their work life with their design lack a lot of joy. That's the because truth. I don't like doing this. I, I've had denominational leaders who could do almost any form of ministry and were fruitful in areas over here, but there was no joy in it. And I just helped them say, "Well, let's just move over. Where's joy?" And they move the needle over. And that, and at one level, there's like, I don't know if I can do this. And they move over to their joy spot and let someone do that one over there. And like, life's good, man. I could do this forever. It, it, I, I'm, I could talk about this forever. There's power when we align with our design. There's so much joy, so much life. That's the dream of the book. There's many, many people coming into that. Yeah, yeah. And there's, and there's an acceleration and yes. there's an anointing, there's an acceleration of fruitfulness. Um, it's so fun, but it feels, it almost feels bad. It feels like, and maybe it's my own struggle, maybe you need to coach me. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like you're like, in following Jesus, you pursue your greatest joy, which is Him and you, wherever that is. But there's like, can it be, really be that good? Like, can you really do that? Um. In reality, life's seasonal. So joy, joy is is an enduring fruit of the spirit mm. that can be through anything. But there are times when God is clearly working, and it feels like the winds in your face, yep. and it feels like there's a hole in your boat. Those are the emotions. You, if you're mature, you can have joy in the winter. You can have joy in the desert. Mm. You can have joy when your child, you know, has gotten in an act. I mean, joy is not circumstantial to the Christians. It's a fruit. But I, but, but our work life, even if God takes you in a season where it's hard, I find when a person starts to align time, effort, roles with, with the thing that gives them passion and joy, it's, it is. It's almost, they say something, it's almost like you don't work a day in your life. Like, I'm doing, this is what I do, man. I, I, and if, if you're a woodworker and you just cannot, you get joy out of turning things in from wood, find out a way to do that. 
you know, make that whatever. If you want to do crafts, if you if you love digging wells and you're good at it, dig wells, whatever. But I don't think in Christianity we give enough permission for for it feels selfish. It feels people want to say it's bad for me to pursue what I want because I should die to what I want. That's it. That be care, we got to be careful with that theology because we do die, and yet we're, we have joy when we do, when we're fulfilling what God created us to be. And so, uh, I don't know if I'm making sense. It's, no, it's a, you are. I, yeah. I love that you included refining in your book because I think refining is the love of a father saying, I, God, am going to mine for gold in your life, and I'm going to navigate you through years and probably difficulties and fire, but ultimately you'll get to that point of, of joy because that's yeah. ultimately where we're headed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and Jesus, Hebrews, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and set, is sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jo- joy is the Father's desire for sons and daughters. And you can always be confident, regardless of how anything feels. Love is, is in what God is doing, even if it's refining. Refining is still love. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say a lot of times, pain's not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. Lies are the enemy. Deception's the enemy, you know. Uh, and so there is re- you're, you're, I can tell you have a revelation of joy. Troy, please spread that. Is that, that's, it's rare. It's rare. <laughs> look, I, I, maybe it's rubbing off for my wife, but I mean, it's like, look, I have been through sorrow upon sorrow, right, yeah. uh, at my own hand. And, and I have joy today because I know a God that thwarted me, frustrated me, put me through the fire, yep. you know, did all these things in my life. And I always thought, you know, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never, nothing ever is going to go right for me. When now I've lived long enough to say, oh, that's what you were doing. Yes. And, and one yes. of those things that he did was give me an amazing family. Yeah. And, um, and all the time I was, you know, trying to jump off cliffs and do all kinds of sure. crazy stuff. And God was like, no, you're not doing that. You just go to work right. and come back home and just stay yeah. the course. And I'm like, this yeah. is boring. Yeah. But, but God has given me my greatest joy in saying, you, know, you see how much I've invested for you to build a home when you would have just squandered all of this? Wow. And good. it's like, yeah, I do see that. And he goes, well, that's what I was, that's just part of what I was doing. So that's like one example of what you're saying it, that I, it took me 12 years for that to go through. Early, yep. You know, but I'm telling you what, thank God he said no to me. Thank right. God, because now I'm reaping the benefits of all that Yes. refining and, and stuff I didn't understand at the time. It's like, oh, man, thank you, Jesus. It, it, it has become a, a really cool metaphor. It's a biblical metaphor that a lot of people can resonate with, that pain in, in refining is not wasted. It, it has a purpose. It's, it's Peter saying that, you know, no discipline feels good at the time, but afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of mm. righteousness. So pain, discipline, hardship, refining... In the kingdoms, never neutral. It's always for thriving. It's always for good. It's always for joy. It's always for hmm. better relationships, more stable life. Um, and so, 
mining for gold is rooted in the goodness of God, the sovereign goodness <laughs> that you have gold, he wants to bring it out. You're not greater than God's goodness. You can't fail God's love. You can't. It's too good. It's beyond your performance. I mean, I could go on forever, man. I like you, Tom. <laughs> I'm glad we, I'm glad this, we got to see each other yeah, again. Hey, I love it. How, so if people want to pick up your book or find out in more about what you're doing, what, what should they do? So you can go to TomCamacho.org is my author site. It's kind of just like who I am. That's where you can find out about coaching. I do. I have a personal coaching practice that I do for leaders all over. Mining for Gold uh, is, is available on any any um, platform online. You can get it through Amazon Prime tomorrow uh, online. There's a podcast on iTunes and on Spotify. And we're creating a new website that will be out in early 2020 called miningforgold.org. And so we're going to have trainings on there, classes, resource, all kinds of stuff, but that's not come out yet. So get the book. Uh, we're, gonna, we're working with InterVarsity right now on a small group series. They want to do a small group series where, by, where, where people can get in a room and, and, and mine for gold with the Holy Spirit. So, man, thanks for the privilege of joining you. I really resonate with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I just have so much joy in the goodness of God to know you this long, uh, to know I see the joy in your face and what God has done for you. God is good. He is good. Man, he's so good. Thank you for coming on, Tom. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on The Kindling Fire, go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Firestarters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at thekindlingfire. And as always, be awesome.